Hey, After Buzzers, Chris Howard here. We're just about to break down The Profit, episodes 10 and 11. Stay tuned. We got a great episode for you coming up. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. There it is. There's our song. Kat was just saying we forgot the we song. We forgot the song, but we got the song. We, we got a good production team here at After Buzz. Yeah, we couldn't forget the song. And we, we don't have Naina here with us today. We think she's stuck out in traffic on Burbank. And we may go to her as a, uh, what do they call those, roving reporters? As a roving reporter. Shout out yeah. to Naina. We were, you're here with us in spirit. Naina, if you can hear <laughs> us, we love you. All right. So we're here uh, breaking down episodes 10 and 11 of The Prophet. These were really good episodes. Uh, I got to say who I am first because yes, I'm too ahead. excited. I'm who getting are carried you? away. Who the heck am I? I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm Chris Howard here with AfterBuzz TV. Uh, you can reach out to me at Chris Howard Live. That's both on Twitter and Instagram now, although I'm just becoming acquainted with Instagram. Uh-huh. Go easy on me. You can also find tips, motivation, that type of stuff at legendarylivingdaily.com and uh, legendarylivingtv.com for YouTube. So yes. the lovely... Katarina Casayas. Hello, I'm co-hosting with Chris today, and you can find me via Twitter and Instagram at Katarina Casayas. Uh, that's the tag for both. You can also find me via my website. It's called globalgab.com. That's global gab.com where I gab with you about international news. See, I was making I gab, faces. That's gab. Right. So I'm gabbing. Uh, I fill you in on what's happening globally. So do hit me up if you're interested in finding out what's going on in the world. And you do know a lot about what's going on in the world, don't you? Well, I, I've traveled the world quite a bit, so I like to think so. Yeah, no, I heard you speaking and we were in a class the other day and you were like glabbing, gabbing, or gla- gab- gabbing globally. Gabbing glabbing. globally. I was gabbing in Greek, in fact. And uh, and so, yes. So you know what's like current events and that type of thing, the things that you're in the know about? Right, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm covering things, I mean, you know, obviously things like the, the tragedy in Brussels the other right. day. Um, also things like, you know, Obama was visiting Cuba. Yes. Uh, just things that are happening that uh, people should know about. So yeah, and, and I find it interesting. I hope other people do. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, cool. So here we're talking about uh, Bentley's Corner Bakery. This uh-huh. was uh, episode ten. Episode ten. Yeah. The, you know, I really liked both of these ten and eleven. They stood out mm-hmm. in my mind, and I think it seems to me. And tell me if you think I'm wrong. Sure. That they're batching the episodes, like because mm. didn't there weren't there a lot of similarities there between ten and eleven? There was a similar feel to both yeah. of these. Yes, absolutely. It's like a uh, it, both were retail stores. So we mm-hmm. start with a retail dog food uh, outlet, a small chain that these uh, the couple had built up, and uh, of course I've got the names of the two so partners here. I've got, yeah, it yeah. was Lisa and Giovanni. And Giovanni, yes, part of Bentley's Corner. Barkery, which uh, I thought was a really cute name. That is cute. It's like a bakery, yeah, like barkery, a dog show, barkery, dog food. Yeah, yeah. and they, now they, the special aspect of the dog food is that they were uh, looking for no additives, mm. preservatives, all that type of thing. They wanted to go as, as close to organic food as possible. Right. right. This is like a niche market pet store selling healthy organic pet food. Right. With uh, and with, as Marcus pointed out as he came in, with uh, owners who he described as being self-righteous. He used that term quite you know, quite often because of uh, their their preferences in in what in terms of what they would sell or what they would support well and and it, what their preference and their almost closed-mindedness right to the point of wanting to stick so true to their values yeah almost they like were, he probably wouldn't even say almost he right, thought they he were very say, yes, close-minded right. yeah mm-hmm. yeah because they wanted to they didn't want to support a dog any kind of dog food company that was that had any other products that went outside of their philosophy. Right. The philosophy being yeah. we want to keep the food as healthy as possible for the animals. And you can see how like a business owner that has that mission, how they might go out there doing that. But mm-hmm. we also got to see how it was a problem for them in terms of their growth. Well, you know, yeah. what? it limited their ability to offer a product range and primarily a product range that allowed for different priced Price points, right? Yes. Now, that, how was it? How interesting was that? Because that, mm. for me, to be able to see, because uh, essentially what was happening is they had dog food that they weren't making more than a fifty percent gross margin on. Right, I think mm-hmm. it was fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a fifty percent gross margin on, and they had and the and the food they were selling only seventy dollar bags of food. 
Right. Although regular dog food for those of you that right. may not have a dog is priced between twenty and eighty. So you go to somewhere like Costco. Now they're you never going to get a twenty dollar bag. Right. <laughs> now they're never going to get. It. Don't buy a dog. Don't no, buy no, a dog. I'm just yeah. kidding. But you know the interesting yeah. thing is the dog food industry. Listen to this. The dog food industry is a sixteen billion dollar industry. Wow. So people are making money. Yeah. These guys, Lisa and Giovanni, wanted to make money but also offer a healthy product. Right. And Marcus came in and proved that you can do both. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that, was, that was actually way to, way to sum up the episode. There you go. That's a, there you yeah, go. We're we don't done. need to know we're anything done. more. Marcus did it. <laughs> now, but what was really fascinating for me is, is how they how he does do the breakdowns. He does it in his mm -hmm. thinking when he's you know he walks into the store and immediately mm. kind of drinks it in and sees that uh, you know we're, we're seeing similarities. Right. Like this store, all the stores are a mess, and he comes in and he mm -hmm. makes them look fantastic. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it seems. Did you think? Uh, when I, I don't know if you've got a, a sense of this, but when they put in, when he remodeled the store, mm -hmm. he brought in new signage mm -hmm. uh, and new displays and that type of thing. I know one of his previous companies, I don't know if you were on the episode that we broke down or that I broke down. Which were you on that had one? to do with signage? With, that had to do with signage. No, did you see, I, no, the, no, did you see that episode? No, by I haven't. Yeah, I'm just wondering if he mapped across, because I know uh, he's done it before uh, some of the teams from it, previous episodes. It would episodes. be smart of him to have done that. For sure. Right? Use yeah. an existing business of his to supply product to another business. Yeah. I thought the signage, who Whoever did it was really fantastic. Yeah, it, it looked an, like an inviting place to take your dog. Yeah, it very uh, well could have been uh, one of the companies that he had worked with before because right. I, re I remember that episode. Did it and look similar? The it, yeah, the signage looked similar. Okay. He had brought them into one of his into his camping store, oh. and he had brought them to work with okay. Auto Match as well, another mm -hmm. uh, another company that he worked with, I believe. Okay. Um, uh -huh. But uh, yeah, it would make sense for him to begin right. to cross feed these various brands into one another mm -hmm. and get some synergy and some economies right. of scale and make some profit on both sides. Well, one of the things he said when he walked into the store at the beginning, and again, as you said, a common thread with a lot of these smaller businesses is they're not set up to prioritize the product. Um, what he was able to come in, though, and see was the potential. Right. So he was direct quoted as saying, and I've written it down here, this place has an unbelievable potential to make money. So he saw through the chaos mm. of what was the first look of the store and was able to redesign, rebrand, and you know put them on a path to make a lot of money, which is great for all of them. Right, and it, it, I I'll tell you, I'm impressed by his mm. ability to see through the <laughs> see through the fog because on a lot of those, mm -hmm. uh, he's taken up deals where you know as a consultant because yeah. I do a lot of consulting and I've helped him grow a lot of businesses. Sure. but I wouldn't even you know it's like Go anywhere uh, yeah, near I don't want to have a, yeah. I don't want to. But he's gone in and he's been able to sort through mm -hmm. and really uh, kick some uh, you know kick some things into high gear. So it, it, to your point mm -hmm. uh, there in terms of how they arranged the store, mm -hmm. how uh, fascinating was it to see in a retail outlet? I mean, if you're in retail, you probably know this. You know, I sure. haven't right. been in retail, but from in a retail outlet, how they would look to chase the higher margins mm -hmm. and have things uh, the higher margin products. products right at the front. Yes, geared yeah. in a certain way mm -hmm. based on where were they where were they going to get the gross margin right and yeah. and which is very smart of him and, and you see that in retail stores across the board mm. you go to somewhere like a, um, a pharmacy and you're there to buy your products but at the cashier the cash register you're getting your gums and your tic tacs and all of your you know products that they, cost two cents but they charge you a dollar twenty they make a those lot those are hey on the way out don't forget to buy this high those are your dog product. toys and your dog shoes right and that's what even exactly if you don't have did. a dog you mm -hmm. want to buy those right, <laughs> right. <laughs> i gotta buy that that's only three dollars and you know what they did in the episode is they called it the shack wagon Right. And it was cute. It was fun. You wanted to go to this wagon to pick up all your products. So they're working the uh, the marketing. Yeah. No, he's, he turned around the entire floor, mm -hmm. which he does in most retail outlets that he comes into yeah. or most of the stores. Mm -hmm. He'll he'll go for a new look and feel. Uh, so revamped that completely. Mm -hmm. And there's always a uh, there's always a sense of flow. Yes. You know, how, how's, how's the customer flow and the process work when somebody comes in here? Mm -hmm. And what I really liked is just the optimization yeah. of the, the storefront. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there was um, there were seven stores that they had. Half of them were losing money. That's uh, yeah, real critical point. Real critical point. So he was able to come in, centralize a lot of their uh, their systems, mm -hmm. which was a big problem, which was one of the reasons the stores were losing money. There was no inventory, centralized inventory. There was no centralized management. Uh, he was able to come in, 
put that in place and revamp the look of these stores. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting is, once again, I go back to both episodes. Mm-hmm. Episode 10 yeah. and 11, both of them had that same problem, that there wasn't a centralized mm-hmm. location that was that was firing on all cylinders. Right, and that they expanded too quickly. Right. right? Problem for both Going uh, both into companies. acquisitions and going yeah. to look to have multiple locations without having the primary store working first, uh-huh. producing a profit, yeah. and then replicating what they had. So they've been, they, they were replicating uh, a, a mediocrity right right yeah. rather than replicating the excellence of having one that's up and turning and I, I bet you a lot of small business owners do that yes absolutely in the rush to expand and 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 this is why you need to do exactly what he said which is pull the reins in get organized and then go ahead what did you think of yeah. Lisa and Giovanni as business owners uh, the, you know it was interesting to see that uh, to your point because you had said earlier that they had been they were so kind of hell-bent on their brand philosophy mm-hmm. yet they didn't know they didn't have it in print like Marcus uh, encouraged them to do and told right. them to do was yeah. to put the brand philosophy in a way where it's written out yeah. so we know what it is and we can follow these guidelines yeah. as and, we're and picking things. And your employees things. know what it is and yeah. everyone gets on the same page. Because yeah. they were just really quick to to denounce anything that went against their philosophy that rested just in their heads. Right. Philosophy being make sure that we only sell healthy products. Healthy products for the dogs but they didn't want to be associated right. even with anybody that, that uh, had an unhealthy option and unhealthy again being their perception right exactly exactly mm-hmm. and and as proved by you know case in point you had the person that came in that wanted right. to have what was it a wheat product or it was uh, uh, uh yes it, no no wheat i think uh, they something yeah they were looking for it had had to do with wheat right, right. They, <laughs> and the, the the product was healthy from that person's perspective but not healthy from their perspective mm-hmm. so it didn't fit their brand guidelines and uh marcus made a great point when he said you know if the uh, if you had a store that was gonna, they wanted to give you a line of healthy food because they mm-hmm. wanted to move in the direction of making it healthier, would right. you accept it, it or not? And she said no. She was she was very very um, hard lined, yeah. uh, but I think when he got them on his private jet and flew them to Pennsylvania <laughs> to take a look at the manufacturing his? company. Uh, I think it was the we'd, networks. Yeah, we'd like to think it was. Yeah, <laughs> it may be his. It may be yeah. his. But I, I suspect the network was footing the bill behind for that the, one. Yeah, they were behind it. But um, you know, he took them to Pennsylvania to take a look at what their competitors, or well, not competitors, I'm sorry, what one of the suppliers was uh, doing in terms of manufacturing. Right. To let them and, see behind the scenes and let them peek underneath right. the curtain. Right. And and what they found underneath that curtain was, hey, these guys are taking the steps to really move in the direction that you feel you're already in. Right. So would you not welcome their efforts? And they were shutting it out previously. Right. So they were Completely. totally they closed off. They just weren't off. even open to any of it. They wouldn't look at it. They yeah. didn't want to hear the name. And Marcus made the point. He said, mm-hmm. you guys are judging them before you even know anything about right. them. Mm-hmm. Let's get in there. And then you saw how inspired they were when they came out because it, this is a serious manufacturer that yes. was doing things the right and way. And doing things really, really well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, And that is inspiring. Mm-hmm. When you see somebody, when you get to get uh, behind the scenes of somebody that's 10 paces ahead of where you are. Uh, Absolutely. You, you know, yeah. you may shut that down and, and uh, you know, that's right. like, it's kind of like people looking at up to rich people and go, oh, they're just rich. They right. were just born into it. Or they were Without just... seeing the, you know, 20 hour days that yeah. they're putting into to attain that. One of the takeaways for me on that point was exactly that. To grow your business, you need to be open minded. Absolutely. That was a takeaway for me. So, you, yeah. okay. So here's the takeaway. Pearls of wisdom from Katarina is yes. you've got to be. Be open minded. Be yeah. willing to listen and be willing to observe and be willing to bend. Yeah. And I think anyone that isn't willing to bend, especially in this world of high flying, high moving, quick moving technology, you're going to be left behind. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Take, take, boy, However was, good your intentions are. Yeah. I yeah, was thinking today, no. I was uh, looking at, uh, you know, some of these business opportunities. I was reading something on some platform someplace. Okay. <laughs> Just to be specific. Good to know you read. Yeah. I was reading something. Okay. I was reading some of the stuff that I had. It's like, wow, how do you find surefire winners in terms of business when technology and things are changing mm-hmm. so, so rapidly. fast? And it's like, okay, you could go into this uh, field, but then there could be two guys in a garage mm-hmm. that are going to make that obsolete and three months. Six months, right? Yeah, six yeah, months. Right. Yeah, it's like yeah, so. Yeah. So it is it is a rapidly changing world. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I, I love Warren Buffett's philosophy of you, you get, you know, he invests in Gillette. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. there's not that many changes that are happening in razors. Right, you know, right. people got to shave. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, so well, something and, and, simple. And I think that again speaks to the point where if you are in business, you really, especially in the, this day and age, have to make sure each button is buttoned up. You know, each piece of your business is working as optimally as it can. I was thinking of clothing because our next right. uh, what, uh, and that'll move us <laughs> into episode, yeah. to episode eleven. Yeah, so each button is buttoned up. But right. what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? What I mean is, you want to look at your entire vertical, and you know everything from um, buying to inventory to supply chains to marketing. Right. Everything should be Optimized trying to hit the ninety percentile of your competitors and of your industry to ensure that you stay in that. And Marcus, Marcus said that uh, to that to staying in the highest you percentile. Know, yeah. He talked to, he talked to that uh, mm-hmm. when he said this is what market research is for. Right. We need to, right. and that's uh, mm-hmm. a kind of a sneak preview of the next episode. But he said we need to have the research in order to know that we're hitting the market in the right place mm-hmm. and that we're hitting targets that we should be hitting. Because if you don't know what the, pro- uh, the profit margin should be, what the mm-hmm. gross margin should be. Right. On the dog food, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I suspect that he was aiming toward the seventy percent range and wanted to get up higher. And so, hence, the the target that he needed to put in place mm-hmm. was the the higher margins, which they right. just weren't able to tap into, and they weren't even focusing on it. They didn't think about it. Well, that was a mistake. Exactly. How do you how do you go into business and not identify your highest earning product? Right. And not Which was what? It was like the chewy. For, for them, yeah, it was the easy stuff. It the, wasn't even the, the, the food. It was the uh, the dog bones the and dog some of the toys. and the toys right, right. had the which, highest Which, again, are great products because they don't expire. They're not food-based. Right. And so you can buy a ton of them, leave them on the shelves versus the food-based products that do have an expiry date. Right, right. So how do you, you know, when you have a pet store like that, or a pet store, what, what did you call it, a pet food a store? pet food store. Yeah, sure, a pet food yeah. store. A barkery. Uh, w- yeah, barkery. Yes, barkery. it is a barkery. It's like a bakery, but a barkery <laughs> is for dogs. Um, but if you have a store like that to, uh, you know, then for him coming in and, and knowing what the margin should be, knowing what the target should be, he's able to optimize it with the toys up front right. and having things uh, move in in that mm-hmm, manner. Mm-hmm. So that, that takes a lot of background knowledge. It takes a lot of wisdom that can only come from being in the field or getting that market research done or mm-hmm. studying what the competitors are doing. Right. And, yeah. and I mean, to take it to, um, again, between both of these biz- small businesses, right. the second business being the jeans Are we bar. ready to map across? It's four o'clock. It's looking, or, no, well, that's wait, the wrong yet. time. Not okay. yet. Not yeah. yet. We'll, we'll right. stick on this. But yeah. my point was that, you know, one of the issues was also that they weren't quite sure who their demographic was. Yeah. I, I, saw I mean, that. Yeah. you know, you're in business. You don't know who your demographic is. Who are you selling to? Who are you buying for? These are these are things that are very important in business. But you'd look at it as being basic things. But mm. I can understand how she could make that mistake where she gets an idea of, you know, the, our target market mm. is this person, this right. consumer, this end but, user. But, right. And then she rolls out nationwide and goes into a neighborhood where that consumer doesn't live. Mm-hmm. So she made the mistake in right. positioning the store right. in the wrong place yeah, for yeah. Chicago uh, right. for that one. We'll get, we'll get, we'll to get that. into that episode yeah. afterwards. I'm skipping along. But, but, but it's okay. You know, it's yeah. because there are so so many similarities between mm-hmm. the two episodes and this whole and both of them are retail businesses. Mm-hmm. Both of them were missing the the centralized hub, as you uh, mm-hmm. pointed out. And uh, if you don't have that that first one going well then we're we're spreading mediocrity so we go right, right back to that that's that'll be my jewel that, you know okay your takeaway yeah my takeaway is if you don't have your your primary entity working yeah. yet why would you ever expand so you, if you spread that you're spreading mediocrity we got to spread something that's working but do you fault people for being excited not not at all you know they're, they're yeah. clearly excited about their business and their business idea and their business product and they which, need to be it's good they need to be but they need to be they doing to, it a little smarter yeah they need to temper the excitement because if not also it could be uh, false excitement that just Mm. burns them out and takes them to no Mm. place they need to go the distance and And, and the thing that I like is the thing that I always try to do when I look at people and and, in life in general is to look at the intention behind the action right so the intention for Lisa and Giovanni was to create a high-end healthy food pet store yes the intention for Marcus is to go in and help them both financially but also Emotionally, for their family, they had a young son. Their son Sebastian. Right. So this is a young family starting out. Adopted. Adopted. They had a great business. I think they got idea. it when he was five days old. They five days old. Yeah. They adopted him. Really cute. And they 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 really seemed to me as though they were trying their best. Yes. 
to, that really to, do, to do something good. To do and, something and good. You get, yeah. And we were having this conversation before that we really get the sense that Marcus is that kind of a person yeah. too, yeah. where he's doing his best to help these people in this situation. Mm -hmm. And it's wild to see how many times he ends up doing couples therapy, although he's not a therapist. <laughs> he's a, you know, he's a, a mechanic for the business, right. but he, he yeah. ends up having to have those conversations mm -hmm. with them because it's oftentimes people issues that right. are yeah. in the way. And mm -hmm. in terms of, so it'd be interesting to look at this in terms of the people issues, because he okay. talks about people, right. process, and product. Okay. In terms of the people, what Management do you think? is always yeah. a key issue. How about in this first episode? What did you see in, in terms this of first the people issue, issues? Okay, so in this first issue, they had this partner, David, that had 30% of the business. We haven't mentioned yeah. David yet. So we have Lisa and Giovanni, they're married. Yes. They're the business owners. They had a partner, David, who came in at 30%. David, to me, other than financing the business, was a non-entity, right? Yeah, he so was he was sort of behind the scenes Silent partner, for me. right? Through some Giovanni in. was the one who was supposed to be managing the operations. Right. Giovanni was the weakest link in all of this for me. Mm. Why do, and why do you uh, say Lisa that? brought in the creativity of the idea. She brought in her value system. She really did intend to offer the right product in her store. Giovanni was tasked with managing and being the liaison between the various branches mm. and he as we saw clearly as liaison he, he wasn't doing I mean he just yeah. dropped the ball there was right. no central management there was he had no managerial skills whatsoever and we saw that in the boardroom scene right when Marcus grouped all of these store managers together to say hey we need to have a meeting to let you know how we're progressing now did, in terms he of didn't the, even know how to manage a meeting right in terms of that and managing the meeting and yeah. all that do you think that that was an issue of him not having the skills or do you think it was an issue of him just being so keen to expand that he didn't it, like poor role definition yes Although yeah. that trickled down and allowed for poor role definition in the Everywhere. various stores. Yeah. And so if you don't have the right leadership at the top, you're going to have some kinks in the road. Right, because he, as, as the episode progressed, mm -hmm. he proved that he could run meetings and he proved that he could manage to some degree. Um, right. Because we saw that happening. Are you shifting around for... No, I'm just uh, getting you know, comfortable. Did they tell you to move I'm or you look better? <laughs> but as the... Um, as, as the episode progressed, he yep. did prove that he had the ability to lead, so maybe it was just a structural issue, which is seeming to oftentimes prove to be the case as mm -hmm. well in terms of the role definition. What he do you definitely think? showed that he stepped up, that he yeah. was ready to step and willing to step up, and I think he will do a better job. I think this is a classic case of no one ever taught the poor guy. Right. He just didn't know. Yeah. And this is why, you know, a lot of people, and, and the advice given to younger people is, hey, slow down, you just got out of school, Take a year or two, go work for a big company. Get I thought you were going to say go to the Caribbean. No, or go I to go the, to the Caribbean. Yeah. Go to India, <laughs> do some yoga. You know, <laughs> yeah. but, then um, go to work for a big but company. Go, go work for a big company, yeah. get a feel for how systems are put into place. Take that knowledge and then go start your own business rather than starting from scratch, not knowing anything about business operations. Right. I mean, that. That's something that they yeah, say. Yeah, business operations. How do you do. how do you learn those unless you're in the mix? Right. For me? You, right. Know, you can learn and it. So from do you a fault book. Giovanni? No, not really. Right. Yeah. Because he, he's out there. At least he's out there getting it done. Mm -hmm. Right. He's doing the he's doing the deal. Right. Um, where so many people don't don't even start. Right. So yeah. But, no, yeah. you got to give it up to them. I like this um, this episode. I like this business model. And if I had a dog, I would go to. The Barkery. Uh, Barkery, the Barkery. I have their website. Corner. It's oh. uh, getbentleys.com. So they named the, it okay. was named after their uh, after their, their dog. Their dog, yeah. Uh, so getbentleys.com. You can go and, and, okay. and get your dog food there, and we can support the team, Team Marcus. Uh, so hashtag uh, Team Marcus. Yeah. That's a, hashtag that's Team it. Marcus. Yeah. All right. So uh, so we move from the corner Barkery mm -hmm. uh, into, oh, by the way, let's just talk, just before we move, let's just mention the deal structure. So, okay. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Because okay. originally, because it was a little bit more complex than he does on mm -hmm. some of his deals. So uh, he came in at what? 1.7 million. 1.7, which was split into two deals, 400,000 right. for 25% of the business mm -hmm. and 1.3 million to finance an acquisition. Right. But for that 1.3 million, his equity piece would be taken to 40%. They would have the option over time to pay back the 1.3, leaving him at 4, leaving him at 400,000, reducing his equity back to 25%. And so they would have the benefit of the acquisition money. Right. But not giving up a lot of their equity over time, right? Which, which is, I thought it was a phenomenal deal for them. That is pretty phenomenal because oh, he's not wow. asking for, for control generous. for the rest of no. the universe. Uh, right? The, yeah, he's asking for. I, I, I don't know if he remains with con with uh, control operating of the company. Control. With operating I think that control. was for yeah. a 
period of time to get them organized. Yeah. I don't think he wants 100% operating control. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think then he's you a get busy the, guy. Yeah, you get the uh, problems that he's you got to deal with, guy. too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But the, um, the going down to 25%, that's less than the other partner who was at 30. Right. And that's mm-hmm. less than, you know, then that leaves they, them but, in mm-hmm. control of right. their entity. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that, so I think that's a really nice, uh, really nice deal mm-hmm. for him to come in and finance an acquisition that he wasn't in favor for in the beginning. Yeah, well, he was a little nervous at one point. Yeah. He was a little nervous. But um, again, Giovanni stepped up, proved that he was willing to learn and to grow and to help grow the business. And I think that placated him a little bit. And he said, okay, let's do the deal. Absolutely. I, you yeah. know, I do have some updates from the, uh, I, I, now I pulled these offline and everything okay. that's uh, that's online is true. You know, that's uh, uh, always. No, Trump said that. He said, all I know is what's online. So, um, <laughs> so let's, uh, it says, uh, here, where's my update? Okay. Uh, conclusion update. So it says they allowed to ha- Marcus to have total control. They're happy with the results. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giovanni steps up and uh, his dream. Let's see. They have more. Yeah, actually, those updates aren't so big. Okay. Well, the one thing that uh, that Marcus had said was, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a hundred uh, locations across the nation. He said, don't tell Giovanni that, but I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if that happened in short order. So. You know, and, and and it's a very interesting business model. This is a boutique dog food store. Right. And there are a lot of people that really want to treat their dogs well. And there are a lot of people that don't want to just go to the neighborhood grocery store to buy their dog food. I think it's a great business. Yeah. I think they were missing a lot of the market because of the limitation of product they were offering. Now, if you could, but he it, tackled that for them as well. Yeah. If you could, if you could yeah. uh, get it down to mm-hmm. three things okay. that were the difference that made a difference uh, in terms of what he did, what mm-hmm. would you say they were? I would say he revamped their management mm-hmm. uh, model. Yep. Um, I would say he also centralized the inventory so that you right. weren't seeing these warehouses and basements full of inventory. Full of they had the one inventory. centralized yeah. place that was going to start shipping it out. Right. And number three was definitely revamping the store look. Store look. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that was the, the turning point for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. It I, was I, so I, inviting. I would say if there were, if for me, yeah. if I were to say it was so inviting, you yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to invite myself to give okay. three things. <laughs> um, so my three things I would say is that uh, offering lower uh, cost products. Mm-hmm. So, offering, so product diversity? Yeah, product diversity. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that they were able to hit uh, get more of the market and things sure. at a higher gross. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say that uh, the store look, yeah, absolutely the brand uh, mm-hmm. impact when people were coming in. Yes. Yeah, and... The optimization of the stores as okay. well, lads. So when people came through, they'd be able to buy the right things and, okay. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that's six things that w- we can take home. Six super learnings, six which if you take things. them, will make your business extraordinary. Take these points, write right. these things down, and Especially apply them. Especially if you're them. selling dog food. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Now, actually, they apply to any industry. We know they, that. They, they, they apply to any business. Yeah. These so, are these are important. Yeah. Um, uh, now, speaking of important, it's important that we move on to episode it's 11. 11. The Blue Jeans Bar. Yeah. What'd you think of this? <laughs> I thought the concept was phenomenal. I actually really liked it because of the fact that... Because you're a barfly. I, well, I like jeans. <laughs> okay. And I like bars. Yeah. And I like jazz. Oh, you so, sound just like the woman who launched it. You I should have like opened up jean, bar jeans. Je- uh, bar jean, jeans. Blues jeans bar. Now, is there supposed to be an S on the end of blue? Yes, blues. So it's blues. Blues jean bar. Because she's from New Orleans. She's from New Orleans. And so she wanted to stay true to her blues. Bar. And she wanted to open a You boutique. can't even say it, though. No, you can't. <laughs> well, you can. It's a tongue twister. It is Try a that three times. Blues fast. Jeans Bar. Yeah, yeah, if you do that, if anybody can do that, let us know. Blues Jeans Bar. Blues Jeans Bar. Oh, I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, Blues Jeans Bar. Blues, I can't do it. If you can say Blues Jeans Bar 10 times fast, let us know. Let us know. Um, and do, by the way, once again, hit us up on Hashtag Twitter. Hashtag tongue twister. Tongue twister. Hashtag tongue twister. You can find me at Chris Howard Live. What's your Twitter one more at time? At Katarina Kazayas. At Katarina Kazayas. Either and, one of us. Yeah, so reach out to yeah, us. Say hello. It. Tell us what you thought about the past episode. Tell us if you can say Blues Jean Bar, Blues Jeans Bar, ten times fast. <laughs> uh, you'll win our love and appreciation mm-hmm. for being along for the ride, right? And, uh, and for watching these episodes. So, and, yeah. and tell your friends about these episodes too, because I'll tell you what we were just talking before the show, and we were looking at the viewership of the Prophet. It's mm-hmm. a great show. It's my, oh, it's, I, I love it. I it, think it's a great show. It's my favorite reality-based show on mm-hmm. TV because you learn something, right? There's, yeah. there's something being offered, and it's just before Shark Tank. Yeah. So you'd think that they get more of the Shark Tank crowd. But mm-hmm. I, I think that they, I, I haven't seen that jump 
uh, come from Shark Tank to the Prophet, the even though it's amazing. Low. So tell your friends about yeah. this show because we were fans. Spread the word. We're yeah. buzzing about it. We're buzzing. We're There's buzzing about after buzzing. But, but to yeah. recap the show, uh, to recap the show. She, yeah. uh, she being a lady, lady, lady was the lady owner. Mm -hmm. uh, she opened this blues jean bar with the intent of having a boutique. You didn't say it right. Blues jean bar. <laughs> okay, yeah. With the intent of opening up this boutique yes. to offer jeans in a funky way where there was a jeans tender. Right. Like a bartender. Like a bartender. There's a bar. There was a jeans tender with an a inventory jeans tender. Did you make that jeans. up or did no, you call that? No, no, yeah, they did, that, they did the, say it's okay. a jeans tender. I missed that. I thought it was great. <laughs> and you could walk up to the bar, tell them what size you needed, what style you liked, and the jeans tender would help you out. Now, it was a little weird, though, because they'd help you out, but they said that you can't touch the jeans until the jeans tender gave you the jeans. Right. What did you think about that? I thought that was very limiting. I go shopping yeah. and I want to feel the fabric. I want to touch the fabric. I want to stretch the fabric. I thought that was a little limiting. I, yeah, limiting. Yeah. I, I got the concept of uh, it's it's done for you. You don't have to do anything except tell them exactly what right. you want and we're going to find it, pick it, and bring it. And, and in theory, this was a great idea. In theory. But in they practice. had the same issue as the Bentley's uh, Barkery in that they expanded to quickly. Yes. So they expanded to 13 stores, started going into the red. Right. Because of that, they started cutting back on inventory. Mm -hmm. So you, the customer, would walk into the to the bar, jeans bar, and ask for your size, and you left. wouldn't get a size. Well, right. guess what? You're never coming back. Right. So they ran into this expansion problem as well. And they had a, a lot of unused inventory right. behind the scenes, mm -hmm. just as the dog food store right. did. All yep. this, all this money, basically yeah. sitting in the warehouse uh, that was with that was their the own basement premises. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so all this yeah. money that was sitting there in the form of inventory mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. wasn't capital that they could use for the things right. that they needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a, 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 an example, once again, as you mentioned, of it, expanding too fast before right. the core entity was ready. Yeah. And I think that there was a problem in the core premise of this business, which, which was, was, yeah, the, the moment uh, Marcus walks in, he sees it, mm -hmm. and I saw it, I look at it and I go, why would you put a barrier between- You and the product. You and the product, right. the you people and the, customer. And the product, yes. and you and the customer, both. Right. Yeah. right, yeah. It's like sitting behind a uh, lectern in a university, or mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. just this big barrier right. between your Come capacity Come and learn, but you to, can't talk to me. Right, yeah. exactly, instead of being up and up front right. with people. Yeah. And, um, so, and you know, they had the same issues as the last group, and, and like to your point that they right. may be grouping these episodes with a common theme, Management It'd be easier for Marcus, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Management was weak. The margins they were they were pushing the 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 wrong margin products. Right. Again. So there so, wasn't so, enough margin on the product lines right. that they were making the the big extension the, the, with. Yeah. Right. Right. And, right. And so what you saw was she went she expanded from thirteen stores down to three. And even once she expanded so to those she three stores, she contracted. I'm sorry, yeah, she contracted yeah. from her expansion to thirteen. Right. Down to three. Mm. But even those three, she had she couldn't manage. Right. And 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 so he just had to come in and and help her out. And say, okay, yeah, how mm -hmm. do we how do we turn this thing around? Yeah. And how it, did he turn around? How, what what do you think well, he did for them? Well, I mean, it's the same type of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. If he if he brings the genes out front, right. and if he lets people, you know. So I think in both of these episodes, we had the issue of the business owner be clinging to a concept. Mm -hmm. Clinging, being the inflexibility. Yeah, yeah. and with inflexibility, clinging yeah. to it, their great idea that they had, mm -hmm. that they, you know, and so it was them championing this great idea sure. rather than giving the public what they want, rather right. than giving the yeah. consumer what they want. So not enough market research, mm -hmm. not enough understanding of the end user, mm -hmm. not enough, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. we saw that in this episode, you had mentioned it earlier, mm -hmm. where uh, they put it for the Chicago store, mm -hmm. which uh, did Chicago become the hub afterwards? I believe San Francisco, San Francisco was the, yeah, the was main. The yeah, was the main store. San Francisco, Chicago, and Dallas were the three stores remaining. Right, and where yeah. she where she got this storefront in mm -hmm. Chicago, it didn't match with the end mm -hmm. with the end user that she had in her mind with right. the avatar that she imagined was the perfect uh, purchaser of these clothes. So they had in the they had 70 70% uh, of the clothing that was right. on the racks yeah. was useless. Well, what happened was when he asked her who do you see your buyers being? She right. said sort of a soccer mom 40s. And yet the store in San Francisco was in an area 
where that was full of 25 year old yuppies. No, where it didn't. Where it didn't make sense. And you know, even the store manager, Chicago, I think, made a little bit more sense. Yeah, I think that's. I think you're you've got them there. I'm confused. You're confused. But 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 you know, you need to know who your market is. Yeah, absolutely. And see, the problem I have with that is if you go to change who they're going to put clothing in the store for based uh-huh. upon a poor choice of where the store was set up. Okay. Now you've split your Both. your entire focus. Right, yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Tasha, her store manager, VP, woman number two? Uh, she didn't seem to really be managing it, but <laughs> it kind of flowed from the top down, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, lady didn't seem to be managing it either. on top of anything. Yeah. When you get yeah. to a store and you you ask, when was the last time you saw your manager? And they tell you six years ago. This... <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. You know, then you wonder why your business is failing. Well. Right. And, yeah. and, and once again, that comes down to, and it, it, the previous episode, Marcus had got them, what, AT&T Connect. It sounded like yeah. a little product plug for AT&T sure. there. Yeah, a little cross-marketing. Uh, because uh, it could have money. been Google Hangouts, but it was AT&T Connect. So uh, bless for them those of because you, we're yes. supporting it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know AT&T Connect had the capacity to do the same thing that... Uh, no, I didn't either. Yeah, so you yeah. got to see all the people mm-hmm. in the meeting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you, when you look at these clothing stores, if we're going to replicate the excellence of the hub then and they're all going to fall in the same brand as brand mm-hmm. extensions of mm-hmm. that hub yeah. having the regular meetings and things like that are, are critical so you don't go six years without seeing right your manager instead you have the meetings that could be done now yeah. with today's technologies via yes. skype and they don't right. have to leave their own store yeah yeah, yeah. so um what uh, what else did you notice about this episode here? Anything that really stood out to you? You know, I'm, I'm wondering, what did you think? Uh, for, for me, I mean, what stood out was the fact that he, uh, again, worked on her psychology. Yeah. In that he made her realize by the end of the episode that you've got to let your addiction to this idea that you have of your store. Idea addiction, hashtag. Right. You know, move that aside. <laughs> and be open-minded to what else might be done. So right. he even went so far as to change the name of the store, which, which I had Which was beautiful. Seen, right, which became yeah. Jeans and Soul. Uh, Denim and Soul. Denim and Soul, Denim thank and you. Soul. Yeah. Denim and Soul. Yeah. Um, to stay true to her vision of having the soul, you know, the whole uh, New her, Orleans thing. Yeah. Uh, photos of her grandmother and her mother and, and, and whatnot. That's because he thinks of that. Because he likes to stay true to her vision. He doesn't want to just railroad her. So or, he gets the, the, the he, brand the personality yeah. and the essence mm-hmm. of what she was attempting to do before, right. but what what wasn't even able to be said right. phonetically. Before. Well, I, again, <laughs> if you can say it 10 times fast, let yeah, us know. Then you win. Um, we're not going to tell you what <laughs> you win yet. We're going to give you a prize. Yeah, we're going to give you a prize. If you can say it 10 times fast, <laughs> I can't even say 10 times fast, 10 times fast. Right. Uh, but, but, uh, but for me, I mean, I really liked what he did with the look of the store. Yeah, uh, I thought it looked like a chic boutique. I would go shop there for my jeans. Absolutely. And I thought even the the little they showed us of the products and the products she carried, I could see an elevation in the styling. What and the styling? I really could. And I, higher, I would go, yes. higher margin product, uh, product once right. again that yeah. was being pushed. They and identified that it was the t-shirts and the you know that sort of uh, product that was a higher margin. So let's bring in more of that. The right. jeans, not so much. Let's bring that down percentage-wise in terms of the overall. And it can still be there. It's sure. still the mm-hmm. you know part of the essence, but yeah. not necessarily what's going to drive the entire drive, market. Yeah. yeah, because the the margins are lower. Mm-hmm. And I think both of these lessons, or both of these lessons, both of these episodes give us lessons yes. in the the whole concept of gross margin, mm-hmm. which is just the hard cost of uh, you know making the sale before you add on the salaries and all of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So knowing what the gross margin are uh, we can have targets within the business entity this is what I really took from uh, both is that knowing what those gross margins are and what we see in other episodes as well we can have uh, targets Mm -hmm. and then we can manage the rest of the monies Mm -hmm. uh, in relationship to those gross margins so that we it gives us another level of goal is you know you know what you're what you're striving for and towards right and you can then Analyze it. Yeah. You can't analyze your 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 business if you don't know what it is you're trying to reach. Achieve or what of, what are the right, norms or of, what are you the, know, your your targets. Yes, yeah. I, my ex business partner used to say that if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. 
Sure, and, but you know what? At what cost? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, but if you don't know what they actually, I don't even know if I like that saying because it's like, okay, well, if you get there, who cares? Right. But um, <laughs> but I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know, know what, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. But um, but the uh, gross margin is once you have that as a target mm -hmm. and you know, then it gives you. It's like the. It's like the uh, dashboard on your car. Mm -hmm. You've got the little things that right. tell you, am I on gauge, track or right. am I off track? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so it gives Very us a, important. A, a good way to manage <laughs> it. And we saw that in the previous episode, in episode 10. He said that, how have you been managing all of this? When do you, do you get your cash flows done sure. for you? Do you have yeah, the, yeah. the projections and all of that? And the guy said, well, no, I'm just managing it based on what's in the bank account off the checkbook. You can't manage a business on yeah. cash flow. I, no, and I've done it before, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You learned this yeah, lesson yeah, already. So, well, I, I continue to learn things <laughs> in different layers and different levels. But you, you so those projections become mission critical and having yes. the gauges and knowing yeah. where what's where. Mm -hmm. So knowing what those gross margins should sure. be in yeah. terms of a target is, is mission critical. Uh, let's see, what else did you uh, pick up in this one? Uh, to, oh, he worked. He also worked with Courage B. Did, I don't know if it, which was another one of his stores to come in and help with uh, with the continuation the with feel. the look and yeah, feel of so, this. Yeah. So back to your point uh, earlier, I think when he gets the opportunity to work with the various businesses and integrate them, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't say integrate, but cross connect is a good word. Yeah, yeah then then he does. I just so. made and that up. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Trademark. Yeah, tra trademark. Yeah, trademark. Hashtag trademark. Is that that's like uh, trending now? Is hashtag trademark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, but a takeaway for me from from this show was learn to trust the process. Right. She was very nervous about him coming in and changing things up, and I think she was very pleasantly surprised with what she saw at the end of it. Right. And I'm glad for her because you could see and feel her soul in this business. Absolutely, yeah. denim and soul. Right. Right. And that's uh, you know this is something that we get to see over and over again too mm -hmm. is that in the end he does pull through for the business owners, yeah. and in most every case that I've seen, at least the ones they were willing to televise, mm -hmm. I've seen that. Um, right. He, yeah, the business owners are very pleasantly surprised yeah. with what he brings to the mix because you bring a, a business owner to one a distribution network mm -hmm. like he does all the time he'll yes. let them go peek behind the scenes at these distribution mm -hmm. networks or to the vendors uh, like in the dog food uh, right. in episode 10 uh, when when you bring these guys behind the scenes and they all of a sudden go wow we could be playing at this level yeah. if we got out of our own way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know clinging to the idea yeah. of what we think would work right because right. we made it up and it's our brainchild yeah, yeah. Uh, the, it got us so far but if we're gonna go the, the the distance we could adopt some of these best practices mm -hmm. and I think one thing he shows as a best practice is yeah. centralization the importance of centralization absolutely whether it's with a manufacturing facility whether it's with inventory you want one central facility that is going to help manage your flow rather than 13 or 7 or 3 little stores doing their own thing because things can get very quickly out of control. Yeah, so you so got the centralized so hub. That's theme. definitely yeah. a common theme. Yeah. So we got the centralized hub mm -hmm. that is the not only the, the distribution network for the other uh, extensions, the, mm -hmm. the extensions of the business, but also the, the brand extender. Right. Yeah, so the yeah. brand flows from that mm -hmm. and that there's brand consistency yes. across all uh, platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did we say that right? Yes. <laughs> I did. It sounds good to me. So he brought in new products, uh, helped to clear out the basement. Oh, this is another thing they did in this clothing episode mm -hmm. was he was able to take everything that was in storage, mm -hmm. we'll call it, you know, right. back. Uh, yeah. And he was able to uh, liquidate. liquidate it. Yes, yeah. he liquidated it. Uh, he was savvy enough to realize that this product had been sitting there for a very long time. Yeah, it was going to continue to sit gonna there. it's just going to sit there and collect dust. So let's get rid of it. I think for one of the companies, I think for the jeans, they ended up making about $30,000. It was about $15,000, I believe. It could have okay. Been, yeah, fifteen Fif grand. 15000 which, you know, again, is better than having that sit on the floor. And if he could, you know, his thought was if he could reinvest that 15000 mm -hmm. and then go get some more inventory right. and then sell it, he could make 50000 Right, you know, right, so yeah. Really going through the numbers and mm -hmm. thinking it through because having products that, and services that nobody can buy right. does nobody any good. Mm -hmm. And they found that 70% of the, the, the clothing on the floor room floor could not even be used and right. would not be bought. Yeah. Uh, so making it lean, identifying, and so I think one of the big points, I'll, I'll say my three. What and are your, we'll three? Do your three? Okay. My three from this episode was I correctly identifying the end user, the target, mm -hmm. the target market. Yes. There was a, a lack of uh, of that. Right. So identifying who's really going to be purchasing uh, the clothing. I, mean, okay. I don't even know how you run sure. a business without that. Yeah, yeah. Number two is um, the having the roles and responsibilities clearly defined. Yes. Once again, we're seeing that. 
over and over again. Uh, number three would be, I would say, uh, maximizing the profit, uh, the gross margin, okay. and making it. I, I'm, I'm going to sneak in a fourth. Making it easy for people to get in and actually buy the clothing yeah. rather than putting barriers. Well, between, you, yeah. making it a, a pleasant buying experience. Right. Because I think you have one chance to retain the customer. If a customer walks in your store and they don't like the look and they don't like the product and they don't like the service, you're gonna have a heck of a tough time getting them back in. Yeah. And so he's trying to hit all those points, make it a pleasant and actually an extraordinary buying experience. And that is going to be are these what your points? is fueling. No. Oh, well, I want to hear your points. points. So Speaking my of points fuel. are, I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to make two points since okay. you took four. Oh. So my two points, my big ones are again the centralization, right? Because I think it's very important for the operations uh, process. Yes. And number two, what I took away from this was the fact that he, Marcus himself, does a very good job with allowing the business owner to retain their creativity. So creativity because it's the is creativity it. that allowed for these businesses to start up in the first place. It just needs to be channeled in the right it way. It needs yeah? to be channeled. And so he, he allowed them to do that without crushing their spirit. Right. He's very inclusive. And uh, and he, he helps to keep them lifted, which I which I like about Marcus. Mm. Now, do you, uh, speaking of lifting, do you think these businesses would have ever lifted to the level that they have if he didn't come in? I think they will, both would have been in a lot of trouble. And right. I personally would have probably banked, uh, bet my money on the fact that in two or they three years they would have been gone, yeah. Right. Yeah, they, they were in desperate, desperate straits, both of them. Which speaks to the necessity of mentors and guides along mm -hmm. the way. People oh, absolutely. to help us see things yes. clearly mm -hmm. and that, that have the business experience. Yeah. But, and, and Well, you know, the Jeff Bezos, who is the, um, yeah. the founder of Amazon, uh, they said that he read every single book Sam Walton ever wrote. Ah, smart. Sam Walton, uh, the Walmart. founder of Walmart, yeah, right? The largest and, fortune uh, in the world today if it wasn't split uh, up amongst the family members. 170 billion dollars yeah. if, he, if he hadn't split it up into the trusts and whatnot. Right. So he was smart enough to say, hey, who is the best retailer out there, period? He took whatever he could from him Sam Walton having you know passed away before Jeff right. was even going, he took as much as he could and said, I want to do exactly this in the digital market. Boom, Amazon. To your point about yeah. mentors, right? Yeah. You must look at who is doing what I'm doing, who is doing it the best, and how can I take that how can we and work it into my model? Work it into my yeah. model. And Sam Walton Very worked important. for J.C. Penney before mm -hmm. he, he said, I never had a, an original idea in my life. I spend more time in my competitor stores than I spend in my own. He does. So he's, well, he did. Right, um, right. He, does. Right, he, he does. still does in spirit. <laughs> yeah, the spirit of Sam lives he's, on. He's in, uh, yeah, he's, he's hanging out at Macy's now. At Macy's. What's Macy's up to? <laughs> so, so. As we look at both of these episodes, and mm -hmm. I, I led us down this path before, but I didn't sure. complete the thought. Okay. Uh, so when we look at what Marcus looks for, we talked about the people issues, and we saw that in both of these episodes mm -hmm. where there were uh, people issues in terms of the clearly defined roles in the organizations. Right. Right. Well, um, in, in, in the Jeans episode, it was too it, it was too much management. Too much. I mean, he had a very they had a very intricate organizational chart. Right. Six levels of management for three little stores. I mean, right. he, he wiped that out. He split that in half. Owner, three store managers, staff, period. Right. Right. So making it lean, Ooh. but functional. Lean, but functional. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So clearly the defined roles, lean, but functional. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we also saw the people issues as being those that were clinging to ideas or concepts right. and, and missing the forest for the trees. Mm. Yeah. Um, that was pretty sharp. I like yeah. it. <laughs> uh, how about process problems in both of these issues? What did you see as being the big process problems in both of these? Uh, definitely the lack of ability to buy the right product. Uh, inventory over, over having, having too much inventory because of the fact that you didn't know who you were buying for. And right. unless you can identify who you're buying for, you can risk buying the wrong product, which is what they did. Right. And you have literally cash sitting idle right so if we don't know who the end user is how do you how do you provide the product for him right yeah then any kind of process yeah. that you that you put in place is going to be useless right right so i think his identifying who is your demographic who is your client your customer identify that be clear on who that is and then build your business around that person right and we wouldn't uh, because of the mistake that was made by lady in terms of purchasing mm -hmm. uh, in terms of locating this uh, the chicago the stores, location right. mm -hmm. in a place where that consumer didn't live right 
Uh, or the uh, was it San Francisco? You tell me, I'm confused. One I, of those. I, I thought it was San Francisco, but I'm. We all get the wrong. point. Yeah, San Francisco goes both ways, though, so sure. it could be. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. She's she's not even listening to me. Um, but in any case, um, the knowing who that end consumer is, and then and then making our decisions, yeah. every decision, even mm -hmm. to location, based on who that person is, mm -hmm. uh, it keeps us in, in the flow, and then putting in place a great process yeah. for. Uh, liquidating the inventory, not liquidating, that's the wrong word, but... Uh, moving um, it. Moving it. Right. Yeah, yeah. moving the yeah. inventory mm -hmm. all the way from the hub to through, through the extensions. Right. Yeah. And then how about the issues uh, in terms of product, product issues and thematic product issues in these two episodes? You know, I, I think he was able to identify the product issues pretty quickly. Right. Uh, he made the owners aware of it pretty quickly. Yeah. What we saw in episode 10 was the fact that Lisa was very adverse to hearing about product issues. Right. She just didn't want any of that. That's the whole um, falling in love with your product right. type. Uh, yeah. 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 But but again, he got through to her and I believe that she is going to be a much more malleable with respect to what she's going to be offering in her stores. Yeah, her eyes began forward. to open, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think she, she realized, and, wait a minute, yeah. maybe I was a little too close-minded. So Right, yeah. yeah, I saw that. And what really stood out to me, once again, with these two episodes in particular, for some reason, is the uh, thematic linkage of the, uh, the margin. Mm -hmm. So making sure that the product that we're moving is product that is highest mar and he's, he's said this before in other episodes, it just kind of stood out right. even more, that, um, that it's the highest margin product that we're moving into the line and mm -hmm. if it's not that we're that we find ways to either extend the brand into other types of products and services. Well, and, and for me that's the core um, value of being in business. You're in business to make money. A profit. If you don't want to make money, then call it a hobby. Right. You know, and go do it on your weekend. But yeah. if you're calling your business and or this is your a, job, a charity, this is your go open right, a go, go yeah, open a charity. A <laughs> but, but the point of opening a business is to make so your money. Right? Yeah. W2 K1 Right. But but so if that is your focus, yeah. Do it to the best of your ability. Make sure that you're pushing product that is going to make you the highest return, right? right? What is your return on investment? Period. Critical to know. Yeah. All right. And I think that that's such a beautiful place to end it because mm. uh, you wrapped up the profit. Um, so, uh, Katerina, let everybody know where they can find you. Right. Well, we thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Yes, we enjoy we being here. We hope we you do. enjoy buzzing with it's us. It's very profitable for us. That's right. You can reach out to me anytime during the week. At Katerina Kazayas. That's at Katerina Kazayas, both on Twitter and on Instagram. A, don't reach out to her on a weekend. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I'm going to be dealing with my charity and my hobbies okay. on the weekend. Uh, you can also hit me up via Global Gab, my uh, website. And she does like to gab. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, play in. Um, and you can find me at Chris Howard live on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm getting there more often now, as well as legendarylivingdaily.com for tips and motivation, different types of things, and legendarylivingtv.com for my YouTube channel. Um, we'll see you there. We'll see you here. We'll see you next week for uh, The Profit. Tell all your friends, spread the word, and uh, over and out from AfterBuzz. Take care. <laughs> from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.